0: What up, Get Up Nation? My name is Ben Biddick, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast and co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball Player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. Recently I had the honor and privilege of speaking with the amazing Errol McCaffrey, who joined me from Toronto. She's a yoga instructor, meditation teacher, public speaker, mental health advocate, and is certified to provide mental health first aid services. She has a combined degree and diploma in media theory and production, as well as broadcast journalism from Western University and Fanshawe College. She spent time on air as a TV news reporter and a radio journalist. She's faced mental health challenges since childhood and has built resilience along the way. Mindfulness has been the key for her as she sought to cope with anxiety, depression, trauma, loss, eating disorder, and everyday stress. She now shares her power and insights into mental health and mindfulness in schools, communities, and corporations seeking out ways for people to reach the heights of their potential, value themselves, others, and their work, and sustain a profound and satisfying experience in their life learning, and working. Check out Errol's Instagram account at Wellness with Errol, where she provides a free meditation every Monday if you're seeking ways to be more present and healthy in your life. Thank you, Errol, for joining me on the Get Up Nation podcast. On your website, errolmccaffrey.com, you share how you face significant mental health challenges uh, since your childhood. Will you share with Get Up Nation some of the challenges you faced growing up?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I really started to struggle with my mental health when I was young child. I remember actually experiencing my first anxiety attack or panic attack when I was in elementary school, in kindergarten actually. So it's been a anxiety factor and a, a mental health challenge that I've faced pretty much all my life with episodes of depression as well. And I really learned, especially over the last, I'd say, five or six years, how to support myself and find a lot of healing a lot of strength a lot of uh, resilience through mindfulness practices which has really become my life work to teach yoga like you said and, and meditation and get into school and talk about my own journey and how these tools these mindfulness methods can really help us out everywhere we go because I think um, because I struggled so much with that, as a young person, especially in school, um, I'm really passionate about providing other youth with um, some some skills. I know that I could have benefited from them back in the day, so that's kind of my journey in a very small nutshell. But I see. I've been through I've been through a lot. I, I lost my dad when I was 18. I, before that, I, I experienced uh, anorexia and eating disorder. The ups and downs, especially as a younger person, and um, I'm pretty strong, I think, today, pretty resilient because I've grown from each of those experiences and had a lot of support and some great tools in my toolkit.
0: You describe how mindfulness has been the key to developing resilience for you. Will you describe how you first encountered the concept of mindfulness?
1: Yeah, so I was actually lucky enough to... Have an introduction to meditation as a kid. My dad was really into yoga and meditation, so I saw how much that practice impacted him. And I didn't really start on it regularly, yoga or meditation, until I was in my late teens. But I knew already that. These were great ways to connect to myself and uh, help myself feel better. And I guess it really all kind of became a real lifestyle for me when I changed careers from from TV news, from reporting to, to yoga. I found a passion for it. I was working in the news business, and I'd come into work with my blazer and my high heels, and I'd have my yoga mat, because that's actually what I loved to do, was finish the work day. I enjoyed my work, but yoga class after that and I just started to get kind of addicted in a healthy way to Hmm. that practice so it, it, it took some time but when I left that career I decided okay this is what I'm supposed to do is yoga and meditation.
0: You describe how when you began to practice meditation and yoga that you really found relief and a connection to yourself. Will you describe some of the offerings that the medical or mental health community offered, which may have been less effective in helping you deal with your challenges prior to discovering yoga and meditation? Yeah,
1: that's a really, really great question. And I think a, a challenge for a lot of people that are facing some mental health issues to uh learn about like a holistic approach to taking care of themselves so for me it was kind of early on getting introduced and using certain medications for my anxiety and depression which is absolutely great I still you know I've had times in my life since then that I needed those medications just to um, get myself back on track and there's no shame in that but I didn't feel like I was really connected to myself kind of felt like I wasn't getting to the root of these challenges. The medical world is fantastic for providing some solutions and support for people with um, anxiety, depression, mental health challenges. But I think sometimes it's more of a treatment approach and less of a preventative proactive approach to working out these issues at the core so it I just felt like I wasn't doing a lot on my own to support myself and I, to this day I have a, a much broader holistic toolkit um, for supporting myself it includes like I said some medication but also some therapy a yoga practice you know a healthy diet all the things you know if that in the bigger picture um, you know, help you change your lifestyle for for wellness.
0: Will you describe your experience as you awakened to the power of mindfulness?
1: I was amazed, um, I guess, when I really started practicing, again, during the good news business work I did, um, I was amazed by how great it felt to be in the present moment, to not be in a constant state of worry or guilt or what else about the past or anxiety about the future. But mindfulness practices teach us to be right in the moment, and I found amazing relief from anxiety specifically by practicing uh, these, these tools. So I guess my experience was coming back to my body, really connecting to myself, connecting to the world around me in a much stronger way, and finding a lot of relief in general.
0: And why do you think mindfulness and yoga have been so effective where other options were less effective? Is it, as you were saying, it's much more of a proactive action versus just reaction by the medical community? I
1: think for kind of, for me, at least it's been a combination of supports and tools that's really helped me feel like I'm taking action and taking back some control over my life. So I think mindfulness Um, has become more of a lifestyle for me, whereas some of the medical help I got was very, very important and continues to be very important, but it made me feel like I was putting my faith and my life in the hands of somebody else, and mindfulness has really taught me to take responsibility Hmm. for my own reactions, my own responses, and I feel much more empowered
0: that way. How have you seen meditation and yoga help others who have faced similar challenges in their lives?
1: I think it does the same thing. I think it really helps people to feel. I've seen it make people feel and they've mentioned to me that they are very empowered by being able to put these practices into action in their lives. I think they feel stronger. I see a lot of people or hear a lot of people people say in my yoga classes or meditation classes that they are really surprised at how much it's changed their perspective on their life. And over time, the more they practice these things, it becomes more like a second nature. Hmm. It's more automatic over time. It takes time and practice and consistent work, but. It becomes your default, It becomes their default to respond, take a deep breath, look at things from a different point of view. And it's their their lifestyle and their level of empowerment, kind of a ripple effect. You know, one person feels a little bit better and they talk to these things and they're uh, starting to really step into their purpose in the world. And then that affects somebody else and so on and so forth. A lot of people are able to help other people when they help themselves.
0: You offer sessions that cover the basics of meditation, yoga, and strategies for supporting mind health in the classroom for students ages K through 12, teachers, uh, parents, or a combination of these groups. How does mindfulness impact the process of teaching or the process of learning?
1: I think for teachers and parents, it gives them a, a layout of how to identify some mental health challenges in you know the students they see or their children. You're able to see certain patterns, become more aware of it, and feel less alone, less unsure about what to do about it. There's, there's some really concrete, simple methods that they can apply in their own lives and apply uh, to the people around them to support them. So it gives, I think it gives people hope. It gives parents and teachers hope for a more mindful school or a more mindful home. And it's again, it's about, it's, for me, it's about empowerment. It's not about fixing somebody. What I hear from teachers and parents is that they are able to step away from this desire to fix somebody that's struggling and into just being a a neutral observer that's there to support somebody on their own journey. It's not like they're saying, hey, go take care of yourself, but they're saying, how can I, how can I be there for you? Um, So it takes the pressure off them a bit and it It makes it for a much more open experience. They're able to communicate with their kids or their students in a really effective way when they see them struggling in some way. So that's incredible. And when they can apply mindfulness in the classroom after I leave, that's what I encourage. You know, here's a meditation. You can practice it every day in class. You have time. Teachers see their students performing much better in school, connecting really well with other students, learning how to support themselves and other kids. And, and generally, just having a better experience in school. So it, it's really incredible how much it can it can help. But for students, because I do those workshops too, where it's, it's student focused, I think they they see that this is something that you know, everybody gets stressed from time to time. A lot of people have mental health uh, challenges, especially in school. I think it's something like I know in Canada at least it's up to it's up to twenty percent of the youth in this country that are. Struggling with some kind of mental health challenge, hmm. and I'm sure that's uh, on the lower end of it, uh, the spectrum in terms of stats. But they're able to, kids are able to see, okay, I'm not alone here. This is what I can do to support myself, myself, and I don't have to feel ashamed. So it's, it's really quite incredible to help them and help schools break down that stigma.
0: Amazing. And then you also offer sessions that support workplace wellness for employees, managers, or both. How do you help organizational leaders increase productivity, efficiency, and demonstrate their commitment to appreciating their employees?
1: I think companies, especially yeah, managers, people that are in charge of running staff, are able to – it comes back to support. I know you use that word a lot, but they're able to support their employees as human beings rather than workers. And as a result, a lot of the time, just like I do in schools, I encourage them, okay, make this a part of your daily Routine. If you can either offer, you know, a quiet space that so people can go uh, practice some mindfulness, meditation, or stretch um, in some way, that's incredible because it becomes a healthier workplace environment when that happens. It's not just about the work; it's about taking care of somebody. When I think when employees feel that support, they're much more invested in the work that they do and the company Absolutely. that they're involved with or the organization. Yeah, so it, it's a win-win for everybody, and, and because of When somebody's practicing mindfulness in any area of their life, uh, they're able to be much more present. Their quality of work will go up. Their connection to other staff, other employees increases. There's less stress, so better, you know, focus and concentration. There's less sick days Hmm. because people are taking care of themselves in a a preventative kind of way. So really the, the benefits are
0: countless. You also bring communities and teams together to create customized workshops that meet specific needs and goals. You offer sessions that include yoga, meditation, and practical tips for supporting yourself and your group's mind health. Will you share how these sessions have helped others, and what are some examples of how this type of session can impact an environment?
1: When you say all these things, I realize how busy I am. <laughs> I'm like, great. Right, I'm involved in a lot of areas, but no, I love doing mean, effect I was talking about when it's either, like you know, a specific community event or I'm going in to, to help a certain organization or, yeah, any kind of group, one person feels the benefits of mindfulness. Hopefully, they, just by being in a more mindful place, they inspire other people to be that way, and everybody becomes a little bit more civically engaged, proactive about their, their mental and physical health. And it just makes for a healthier community overall. It's uh, you know a
0: kinder place to yeah, live in. Absolutely. And there have been some high-profile celebrity suicides recently. We're experiencing unparalleled speed of advancement, especially in the form of technology. There's volatility in business markets. There's intergenerational, at least in the United States, in my experience in seeing seeing what's happening here, intergenerational animosity, incidents of mass violence, and a a demand from people for more responsive, affordable, transparent, and efficient services when it comes to government, health care, and public service organizations. People are attempting to cope with massive rapid change and experience thoughts and emotions that can lead to difficulty in coping. It can lead to desperation and sometimes aggression. How does this impact people's lives in this, this global, stressful environment of rapid change?
1: I think it, it helps people to slow down a bit because everything's advancing so quickly. In so many ways, it can feel extremely overwhelming. And I think a lot of people especially when it comes to politics and things like that become disengaged or apathetic. We just feel, I don't know what, what I can do about it, right? I don't mm-hmm. know how I can make any change. But it's it's like Gandhi says, be the change you want to see mm-hmm. in the world. Just by leading by example, taking care of themselves, you know, knowing more about self-care, it inspires, I think, other people to feel more empowered to take charge of, this, of themselves and mm-hmm. to really start to turn the focus inward rather than, Looking at the outside world, the external world, for a sense of peace, relief, of whatever it is, they're able to go, okay, if I take charge of myself, if I, uh, you know, connect to my internal experience, everything else changes because perspective, mindset shifts when we do that work. Right. We become less reliant on the outside world to give us that sense of peace and you know, that has a huge impact on our lives and other people's.
0: What message do you have for the person who's listening to this, who doesn't feel connected to themselves or others? What do you say to the person who feels unappreciated and not valued? Do you believe there's hope
1: for them and why? Absolutely. There's there's always, always hope. You never know, you know, if you make an attempt to take your life or you're, you're thinking about that seriously, I think it's important to remember that you don't know who you could become or what you could be doing in your life if you just persevered and that's really difficult to do I've, I've been in that place too where you can't hope, open you don't know where it's going to go you don't know how it's possibly going to get better but just taking a step-by-step kind of approach to this one moment at a time you know practicing some mindfulness to slow things down take care of yourself asking for support. There's tons of people out there that are trained and ready to help you. So everyone's life has value. Everyone has some kind of a purpose on this earth. And if you don't know what that is, you can trust that in time. We'll figure that out. And you just have to reach out. Reach out for help.
0: I always end the show with six quick questions to help my guests gain a greater understanding of what makes my guests phenomenal. Will you run through these six questions with me? Of course. All right. Who are you thankful for today?
1: My entire family. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone in it. I, I'm really close to my sisters and my mom specifically, my aunt as well, but I am, I'm surrounded by incredibly strong human beings that show me what resilience and strength looks like every single day and support me unconditionally. I have that unconditional love. Nothing's perfect. You know, families can be tough, but I'm, I'm super, super lucky to have a family that's aware Of of mental health challenges and the stigma that surrounds it and Mm. and supports me um, in a really powerful way.
0: What are you thankful for today?
1: Pizza? (laughs) 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 What am I thankful for? I'm thankful (laughs) for the shifting landscape in terms of mental health awareness. I think it's a little slow, it feels a little slow at times, but we're making huge leaps and bounds as a society and as a world to recognize it as a part of your entire health—it's not separate or any different than physical health. Um, I think we're starting to understand that on a broader scale, so that's uh, giving me a lot of hope. And how
0: do you fuel the fire within you?
1: What a beautiful question! I—I try to take really good care of myself and show myself compassion, because just like anybody, I can get really caught up in creating things and being productive. And, looking for more and more and more, you know, coming from that evil place. When I turn inward and when I uh, apply some compassion and some patience to my own growth, I I just feel better. That's how I fuel the fire. I can keep, it's more sustainable, right? So that's really how I do it.
0: What was one thing that adversity has taught you to value?
1: (laughs) Adversity has taught me to value... The fluid nature of life is really, nothing is permanent hmm. so suffering isn't permanent, joy isn't permanent These are not, that's not a bad thing at all, it, it's just taught me to ride the wave of life and, and just really appreciate everything appreciate the challenges, appreciate the happy times, everything in between I've gained a lot of gratitude for just being alive
0: what are you doing today you never thought you could?
1: I never thought I could even teach a yoga class for a long time, I, even though I had a, a lot of experience in public speaking, it terrified me to be uh, at the front of a classroom and, and trying to lead people to take care of themselves. I never thought I could even do that, and uh, and also just public speaking in general at school. I can never imagine myself speaking to like a hundred parents or more, or affecting some kids in the classroom. I never thought I'd be able to
0: do that. And then what will you do tomorrow that you never thought you could?
1: Well uh, I hope that I can take this what I, the work that I do into a more global on a more global scale. So I think I'll be able to travel with it eventually. That's what I'll be able to do. I'm gonna stay in the future, just expand everything that I'm doing on a personal profession.
0: Carol, thank you so much for taking time to join me on the Get Up Nation podcast to share your journey. How can people learn more about you and hire you to help them bring hope, healing, and mindfulness to their lives and organizations?
1: People can definitely follow me on Instagram, um, Carol, which I think you mentioned. It's a really good way to kind of see what I'm up to. To check out my weekly uh, Meditation Monday videos, practice them along, you know, get access to that community. Um, If they want to bring me into their school or on my website and
0: you know, contact me there or Facebook. I'm all over social media, so a get in touch me. Thank you, Errol McCaffrey, for joining me on the Get a Nation podcast. Errol's example of resilience gives powerful voice to us all as we seek to live a healthy life where we are present and available to appreciate ourselves, those we interact with every day, and experience the awe of being alive in this world. It's been a pleasure to help share Errol's journey and insights into the power of taking responsibility for our wellness, getting a healthy perspective on what the medical community currently offers, and how valuable and essential mental health is to our overall health. GetUp Nation, as we face challenges and moments where we feel overwhelmed by massive, global, rapid change, isn't it comforting and exciting to know that we don't have to be enslaved by a future that hasn't arrived and a past that is over and done? On behalf of myself and the members of GetUp Nation, I'm grateful you've taken time to listen to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. No matter what you're facing or what you're feeling, know that there is no one like you in a moment like this. So keep going. It ain't over yet.
2: This fear, writing you a high cool thinking of a couple little words to excite you. I think this might do, I think this might prove that you had to be the person that I might lose. Like yeah uh I'm up behind you. You're just in a slight mood, hope you live your life true. But I know that you didn't. So every time I hear you kicking it with him, I feel sick. And then I'm splitting like division, cause you're tricking like magician So I'm thinking that you should probably go and keep your distance. Like, get away from me. I don't need your face to see. No need for complacency, cause I can feel that vacancy. But I think it's pretty plain to see. I can start forgiving if it wasn't done blatantly. I'm doing well for myself. Seen you pass by, but I couldn't even talk. I'm doing well for myself. And I don't That you can't keep writing people poems. Cause if you don't mean it, then how you gonna Learning that there's only so much room on the totem. So loaded up and so is shut. Folks always going us. Sipping liquor out of these styrofoam coffee cups. Like, yeah, no one's gonna notice us. That's what getting older does. Never wanna sober up. But I did learn one thing. A little bit of nothing brings a whole lot of something. I spent my life here, goodwill hunting. And trying to trademark my passion like grunting. From Rick Ross, y'all Ticked off like someone else did all your baby girl's lip gloss. If not, for this hip hop, yo, my lips will still be ziplocked like the zip you got ripped off. I'm doing well for myself. Seen you pass by, but I couldn't. Lunch line. so put it this way, cut that chick off like lunch lines underground. Sh- so why'd you think I'm one I'm ain't like I'm in my prime. Told myself a million times, they won't kill my high. Keep your secrets, close your eyes, keep it civil. So will I? I'm getting well, but running dry. But I hope you don't compromise. If you did, be no surprise. Simple, they were living lies. Let me just simplify. with searching for a hidden prize, and if you keep moving, well I guess I had to improvise. But as the absence grows longer, the heart grows fonder. Thought what we had stronger. Now you're just a stranger. I sing a song to excuse me. Yeah, my mind it wanders like I'm doing well for myself. Seen you pass by, but I couldn't even talk.